Welcome back, nerds, to the Game of Nerds podcast, where there is no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with the fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and this episode is our salute to Supernatural. Joining me today is someone I love talking Supernatural with, Meg. She actually covered multiple seasons of Supernatural on the Game of Nerds, so why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, so I'm Meg, as uh, you said, I used to write for the Supernatural articles and reviews for the Game of Nerds many moons ago, and then life happened. and I was like oh I can't I can't I didn't have time to kind obsess as much as I wanted to and give what I wanted to give for it so um a little bit about myself I live in Wisconsin living my best life here during COVID uh spending all my money on nerdy stuff my husband is locking up Amazon so I can't buy any more face masks (laughs) (laughs) Are they nerdy face masks? Is that your thing? They are. They are. I have um, some office face masks. This is like this is what I, what's taking my money. Um, there you go. Perfect segue into this segment. Yeah. What's taking your money? Face masks. Um, face like everybody masks. else. <laughs> office face masks. Shit's Creek face masks. Fire. I have a Firefly one coming. Um, Supernatural. I have two Supernatural ones. Um, Outlander and a few other i'm just very cool now are they from one specific company or are you like buying them on etsy like where are they coming from i'm i'm buying them on etsy and what i've really been trying to do as much as i can um is supporting black shops on etsy and supporting black businesses and things like that of course so i've been really kind of buying a lot (laughs) is there anyone like super that you've been super into no, I don't have a specific one that I really specific one. No, I've I've kind of I I do the search, I find what I want and I and I buy it, but I try and keep going to the black shops or black owned businesses and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I, well, speaking of Shits Creek, that's the one thing that I had I just started this week <laughs> after Umbrella Academy and we moved on to Shits Creek because my husband's like, okay, I want something funny. Well, that's now. the shift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we went from one thing to another and I was like, I, I got an episode in and I was like, oh my God, I totally get why Meg loved this series. And I, oh. I was like, podcast, like we had already talked about and scheduled this podcast. So I was like, oh, <laughs> we're going to do another episode with Meg on Shit's Creek alone. So, like, I mean. I watch, I think, more TV than anyone I know. Yeah. So and when you were talking about starting this podcast and I was like, well, here's a huge list of things that I'll come and talk to you about. If you ever need a filler, I'm your gal. <laughs> Well, and see, that's the best part about this new podcast is like everybody's got like an idea and everyone's been coming at me with new shows and even shows that are like long gone. Like I, I have to get Hostie back for Mindy Project. If we don't, I feel like oh, it's a disservice yeah. to TGOA. Of course. Um, Sarah needs to be back on that episode too. There's, I, there's Gilmore Girls. That's a whole, a whole one we could do all on our own. Uh, but yeah damn Netflix and Hulu's got our money just rewatching all of that. Oh, and I've been actually, I've been rewatching for probably the millionth time, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, there you go. Because I'm real cool. I mean, it's an amazing show. It's an amazing show. Um, Especially if you're really into like character development and character stories, which is what I'm really into, which is part of what I love so much about Supernatural um, is the character growth that over now 15 freaking years these guys have gone through and that's what i love about shows so 
Well, speaking of supernatural, the one thing my husband had to bring up that he has bought recently in our Funko collection is uh, a baby proto Funko. And a prototype is basically uh, what they do before uh, paint. Mm-hmm. It's the artist's rendering of, of everything. And awesome. uh, he just scooped one of those out. So technically, uh, Ramathorn and Farva, the other protos that he have, are writing baby right now in the display <gasps> cabinet. It's oh, pretty epic. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my kids have started playing with my Funkos. I, I love your collection that you have. Um, I could never keep mine in a box. Like, they're strewn all over my house. I have a bunch of Doctor Who ones, too, because our basement yeah. is Doctor Who themed. Um, <laughs> and just like, like my house. It's like the nerd houses. It's all good. Oh, uh, absolutely. We call it, yeah, we call that Roku down there Gallifrey, which is always fun. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're slowly, anything that is on her level is technically fair game. So, thankfully, we've moved everything around, but... Yeah, th- my supernatural pops are up, 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 very, very high. So thankfully she can't touch them. But I think this is for a perfect now. Su- for now. <laughs> well, actually, it's above a doorway, so she's really got some. She's really got to work on that one. She's got to get cat-like abilities here, uh, which I shouldn't say and put out in the universe because my luck, my child will turn into Spider-Man and start climbing doorways. I was gonna uh, say she she'll climb. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a perfect segue. So. Supernatural, if anybody has been living under a rock or you're like, oh, I picked up this episode of the podcast because I want to learn about Supernatural. Supernatural is a sci-fi, some people even call it like mystery, but I really don't kind of put it under that. That It's more, I feel more sci-fi, you know. And fantasy. Fantasy, yeah. yeah. Paranormal. Um, They started in 2000. And five, uh, when the WB was still the WB, now it's the CW, obviously. Um, and like Meg was talking about, it's been running for 15 years now. Like It's it, the only WB show that is still currently airing. Which is insane to think because the WB is home to things like Dawson's Creek and Buff. Uh, well, Buffy was originally on Fox, wasn't it? No, Buffy was on... Um... Buffy was on the WB, too. That's what I thought. Yeah, Buffy, yeah. Buffy was on the WB. Um, they just It's just on airing. Yeah. <laughs> Supernatural was the only one that has gone on as long as it is. And it's so funny because it started out with, like, these 22, 25-year-old, like, babies. Like, I watch season one episodes, and I'm like, these are children. Yeah. They are. Well, they've kind of grown up. Here's with your mom. Like- and then I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That alone, I mean, like, the pilot alone, I feel, is, like, if you, for a pilot, it is the best one out there, because it really encompasses the show in one single episode, and, and if you wanted to sum up the entire series, there, there you go, it's right there for you, and I think my first question, if you had to sum up Supernatural in one sentence, what would that sentence be? Oh, gosh, um, (laughs) like hot dudes kill monsters (laughs) and angst (laughs) like this whole show basically wouldn't exist if they learned how to communicate even a little bit (laughs) i was just gonna go with two brothers hunt supernatural things and their vintage impala with their angel friend because that's pretty much sums it up too right that pretty that that's much better than just hot dudes 
get bloody and dirty. I mean, you just, I mean, you could have took that and just threw the adjectives in front of it. So it would have worked either way. I, you know, exactly. we just, we're working together to a great whole on sentence there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Everyone has such a unique story of how they got into Supernatural. Some people were just watching an episode with a friend. They came in at a specific season, have been watching since the beginning. How did you get into Supernatural? I remember when Supernatural first premiered because my dad was really into it. Oh, okay. like my dad liked it. And he was like, hey, we should watch this. And I really, really rebelled because, and I'm sorry, Jared Padalecki, I hated Dean from the Gilmore Girls so much that I was like, no, not watching Jared Padalecki in anything. He's the worst. Um, (laughs) So I really kind of resisted it for a long time. And then probably, I want to say five years ago, five or six years ago, I saw it on Netflix and I was like, all right, it's got to be ending pretty soon. There's a ton of episodes. Let me just see if I can crank through. And I watched, I think it was nine seasons before, nine or ten seasons, um, in like four and a half weeks. Yeah. Like, I went whole hog, and it was all I watched nonstop. Yep. Um, and kind of what actually got me going into it was Tumblr, because I kept seeing all of these GIFs and edits and, and things like that, and... I was like, okay, these are hilarious gifts. I have to see kind of what it's about. And I'm kind of a giant weenie, so horror isn't really my thing. And, uh, but yeah, so I started watching it, binged it like crazy. And I've pretty much been in the dumpster ever since. Like, I went back and I started rewatching it again, but slower to pay more attention to what was going on. So. (laughs) I Well, see, and I think I'm kind of the same way. I found it in the hospital and... Once I started, it was like, no, okay, I can't stop. I need to to get as much as I could. And it honestly was one of the few shows that was the founding basis of the Game of Nerds um, mm-hmm. and why I started talking because I hadn't, nobody had on my end had heard of Supernatural. They had heard of Doctor Who. They had heard of the Marvel movies coming out and everything else, but they hadn't heard of Supernatural. So I needed to find other people who, who understood the show and I, there was I saw a lot of things before they happened but mm-hmm. of course those I hadn't got to those seasons yet so like I felt like I needed to talk to someone and go am I right am I right please please yeah. enlighten me enlighten me so I kept going and I should preface this and say I had to stop at season 12 because you told me Crowley died. I read your review, Crowley was done. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm done. I want nothing to do with this show. You oh. killed off Mark Shepard. I'm done. But now that it, the series is ending, I've like, I, I'm now I'm like, okay, now I got to catch up again because I need to know. That made me so mad that Crowley died. Not that he died necessarily i mean it did because i love mark shepherd mark oh, shepherd yeah. is basically the kevin bacon of sci-fi he is yeah he's in everything and he's fantastic okay. um i absolutely adore him and what frustrated me so much about when they killed crowley off i especially like spoilers guys yeah. <laughs> for everything in supernatural when they killed crowley off it was he it was a pretty good death i would say he had a great redemption arc that I really enjoyed watching over seven seasons, but like he kills himself. He sacrifices himself to save Dean and Sam, like everybody in this effing show does. Yeah. Um, but it was immediately overshadowed by Cass being killed. That, yeah. 
you know what I mean? So I was like, and and that he was kind of where- didn't give enough props to where like the whole thing was about him, you know? Like it was like, ah, uh, it's about both of you, you like, know? Like he, he earned that. Crowley earned that moment and that death. Like, and that's one of the things that's frustrating with me sometimes about Supernatural is everybody dies in Supernatural. It's just one of those things, everybody yeah. dies. Um, but I feel like sometimes they don't give characters the death that they really deserve. Like a good death. Charlie got a terrible death. Oh, she's horrible. But they, but see in these last, you know, couple of, I guess, am I right? In the last two seasons, they brought most, some, a lot of the characters back for cameos and, and guest well, starring and stuff. But like that technically, I guess, doesn't count, but like. So are we hoping to see Crowley at the end? Are we going to, like... like don't think, I don't think we're going to see Crowley. Um, but, like, bringing the characters back, they're not bringing the characters that we know back. They're bringing characters from an alternate universe, universe. back, which is yeah. still technically the same person, but it doesn't really undo the horrible getting stabbed and yeah. dumped in a bathtub that Charlie got. That's true. Okay. I, I, I totally... I, I, now I kind of see, see where it's when you read into these episodes, like the, the story summaries and everything, Mm -hmm. it, for me, it feels like these last couple of seasons have kind of deviated from where it was originally. You know what I'm trying to say? Like I, yeah. Hearing words like Sam transported to an alternate dimension. Like where did we get (laughs) to an alternate dimension? When did this become Freaking Doctor Who. Well, you know, watch, and you'll find out how it happens. Well, I know, um, that, and, but you know, what I'm trying to say, like, yeah, we went it, from chasing monsters, and now we're in alternate dimensions. Where, like, oh, yeah, we talk X-Files about files doesn't go that direction. Like, there's we, always we just aliens. Kind of about in the beginning of the seasons. It's like they hunting a demon is a big deal. Yeah, in the beginning of the show. Like, yeah. a demon is a big deal. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, we're fighting God. It's yeah. the darkness. It must be must be Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so it's been, and that's kind of the things, like, I'm sad, I, I'm, I have mixed emotions about Supernatural ending. I'm sad that it's ending an era that has, and a show that has brought so much into my life. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sad about that. But at the same time, I don't want it to go for five more years and oh, have it yeah. completely run out of steam. Um, and get to the point where the people who are in it and working on it aren't having fun and the stories just don't make any sense anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think when you read the little synopses, it kind of tells that, but they've done a fairly good job of explaining how that happens and what causes it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gotten pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah. That's, it was more (laughs) of that aspect is what I meant when it was just like, all right, how did we, like, the, the synopsis are very, the wording is all different, the yeah. type of word, you know, it just, for me, I was like, oh, this show has really progressed since I left, and I, like I said, I only left in season 12, so it's not like I've been gone that long, you know, from the yep. series, you well, know. I'm thinking, did, so you didn't even watch all of season 12. No, I got to the, I got to the end, I got to the final episode i just didn't want to watch the final episode because of you <laughs> you just read my review and you're like nope nope yeah, no nope crowley didn't die in my head he's still alive ruling hell sorry i'm, <laughs> I'm really glad that my review caused people to stop watching <laughs> that's not what it's supposed to do no no well and here's the thing
thing about my job is, and you know, because I'm the, I, everything gets scheduled through me. So I read everybody's reviews. Everything gets freaking spoiled for me. I have no oh. surprises left in life, but that was one of genuinely, that was one of the ones where I was like, I literally read it and was just like Sheldon, like throwing everything up. Like, all right, I'm done. I'm done for the night. This is just, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> we're done. Well, Meg my, has ruined my, it. my reviews are always so concise and quick to get through too. <laughs> like 2000 word recast takes as much time to read them as it does to just watch the show. But, but you had such I'm really funny <laughs> about the characters and, but you always made me see something new about the characters, which, which brings me to a good question. Do you have, like, I, I guess this could go, well, I guess we should break this down. It's where we should start. We're going to do this. this is going to, this may get messy. What is your favorite main character? Cass. Or Cass, yeah. Cass is my, Cass is, and I, I don't know if it's because I adore Misha Collins just as a human being so much, but Cass is such a three-dimensional well thought out character who has really gone through a lot of arcs and this isn't to say anything against dean or sam um per se but when you look at where Cass started and he wasn't a hammer but he kind of was in the beginning and to see kind of him falling in love with humanity and falling from heaven and rebelling and seeing that arc i just absolutely I love Cass. He's just, he's the cinnamon roll that you just want to cuddle, but will also literally beat the shit out of you without, <laughs> like, without breaking a sweat. Um, so he's probably my favorite. And then Dean, because, I, I, yeah, I'm going to rank him, and I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you Dean, can rank him. This is, your, yeah. you, this is your episode. You can do whatever this is, you want to. This is my jam. But Dean, I think, also is another, just a character who has gone through so much. When you see how, what he was when he started, this just like basically frat boy not a frat boy but a dude a total bro yeah um and this arrogant cocky guy who's just like a soldier for his dad and just and and all of his repressed and pain and all that stuff and kind of how he has grown um and i think it was really it was really kind of not epitomized or whatever in season 11 but it was a really big deal at the end of season 11 um, cause Dean always, Dean is always willing to sacrifice himself, Yeah, but it's never for the right reasons. No. It's never for the good reasons. It's all, you know what I mean? Selling his soul to bring Sammy back from hell. I get it. Like, I get it, but yeah. come on. <laughs> like In the grand scheme of things, was it? No, but it was a great, great helping, you know. Uh, like your guy, he on. was, yeah, guided entirely by your emotions and unable to take, take a step back. And that's kind of the impulsivity of your twenties. And that's kind of what we see in the beginning of that, of these young people. And as you get older, you kind of, you grow and mature and, and are able to, you have so much more experience and to learn and reason. Yeah. So when he goes to sacrifice himself at the end of season 11, and he's doing it for the right reason, he's doing it for the greater good. And it's not something, he doesn't want to die. You can tell he yeah. doesn't want to die. So many times Dean sacrifices himself and he really does kind of just want to die. Yeah. Like he's, good but he doesn't want to and he gets rewarded for that by not having to die and actually using communication to, <laughs> to, to save get, the world exactly. <laughs> um and sam is just i 
I think it's because of my my anti Dean from Gilmore Girls. I have a harder time really tuning into Sam. I I think that I love the relationship he has with Dean and Cass. I love their kind of weird relationship, which is always fun. But it's never kind of I don't know. I like them all, but Sam Sam just doesn't grab me quite as much as Dean and Cass. Now, see, here's my... Now, we're going to have a whole different ranking system over here. So, I'm a Dean girl. I will always be a Dean girl. Um, I think, for me, I met Supernatural at a time where I was in the hospital. Life was low. Um, I watched the episodes and I felt like I connected a lot more with Dean because I felt like he constantly was getting the shit end of the stick and the always like the, he just had the worst luck and things weren't ever working for him. And that's kind of how my life was. It was like, oh, I never got a day where I didn't feel horribly sick and I just wanted to be normal and things to be back to the way things were. And, um, So I really connected with him. Sam, I also, so next would be Sam because personally, this was right in between. I was trying to get my doctorate in physical therapy. So I got sick and that like, it clearly was not like I couldn't go to school. There was, there was no option. You're not going to do this. And so I kind of felt like also Sam in a way like, oh, I was, I was about to do this college thing and do all this, but now like, I don't get a choice. Now I have to pivot and do this, this whole new thing that, yeah, I'm really good at, but is it where my dreams were, you know? It's not your plan. Yeah. And I went through something like that similar when I was 19, I got, I was in the military and I was in, I was actually in basic training and I got hurt and was medically discharged from the military. And the only reason I was able to go to school for what I was going to school for was because of money that I was getting from the army. So when I got hurt, that wasn't there anymore. And it was, and it just, and and I had a whole plan for my life. Yep. And in one, like one second, it all changed. So I can relate to, to Sam kind of in that sense. Yeah. But and then I would have to go Cass because I just, I love Cass. I just don't, I don't know if I, Cass is kind of like Joey on Friends. Like, How I dare like, you? I'm ending, I'm ending it now. <laughs> I'm getting up. I'm going to go put, get my, I'm going to get my Cass pillow and cuddle it I, to give I me comfort. This, I knew that was going to hurt you, but if it makes you feel better. My kitchen, I have a letter board and I rarely ever change it. And I just changed it for the first time since we moved into our house a year ago. And it says, my people skills are rusty. Because <laughs> <laughs> I figure that's 2020 in a nutshell at this point. My people skills are just rusty at this point. That's what we're, that's what we're all going to be like once we like finally see other human beings in this more social setting. Like, I have no idea how to interact with you. Like I already can I I mute myself? Is there a mute button in real life? (laughs) Right? Can I just put a picture up and walk away? (laughs) What has been your favorite guest? Like this, literally. I mean, we could list off for days and days and days and days. So I'll make it easy for you. Who is your top three favorite guest stars? 
Okay. Never can be ser- could never be serial regular series regulars. They or- could. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. I, you can bend the rules. I'm really. Eh. It, it's it's so, because it's so- hard because you know, like Sam Dean and Cass are in every single episode. So it's like, okay, they're main characters, but then some seasons other characters become main characters. Mm-hmm. So do you really count them? So- Looking at the outline before I started this, I did write down some of my favorite characters. I wrote down seven. Go for it. Give them <laughs> okay. to me. I want to hear them. All right. So the seven that I could think of without like really delving super deep, um, Bobby Singer. Oh, he's awesome. I love Bobby, Bobby. Like Bobby Singer, their actual dad, their father figure. He, and we talked about earlier about good deaths. Yeah. Talk about two good deaths. Yep. <laughs> And the second one, even more heartbreaking than the first because he was becoming a vengeful spirit. And it just, it broke my heart. It's one of the few episodes in season seven that I actually um, watch because it's funny. Season seven is one of my least favorite seasons, um, but it has some of my favorite episodes in it, which is fun, which is fun. (laughs) Um, So Bobby, obviously, Crowley. Oh, of course. Yeah, but that was that's on my list for sure. Right? Well, you stopped watching the show because he died. That yeah, like, so that, that, should, that, that should tell you where my allegiance lies. Like, he's clearly higher up than even Dean and Sam and Cass because they're I still had, there. If I had to put them in order, it'd be Dean Crowley, Sam, Cass. <laughs> Again, I'm getting up. I'm walking. No, um, so yeah. I'm sorry. I love no, you. No, it's okay. Hey. You don't hate on a character that I love, so we can be fine. Like, I don't mind people having different favorites, obviously. Not everyone is going to be right like me, and that's <laughs> that's okay. But when people are like, and that's one of the tough things about the fandom is there's so many people who are just shitting all over yeah. stuff because it's not their personal cup of tea. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so Bobby Crowley, my girl Roro, yeah. Rowena, yeah. I adore her. I think, and I, and I love, I loved her story arc. I love where it ended. I love all of it. She's amazing. She also got a real good ending. Um, I love Joan Allen. I feel like they deserved so much better. Oh, they did. I feel like they, if anyone got a spinoff, it should have been them. Yeah, I mean, I but I really loved the idea of the Wayward Sisters, and I can't oh, believe no, no, I didn't no. have. I loved, I loved Wayward Sisters, so don't get me wrong on that. But I felt like originally, if anybody was gonna get a spinoff, it should have been those two. I wanted to see like life before the Winchesters had walked through their doors, like the oh, shit yeah. they had been through. Well, you know, and John ended up getting her dad, yeah. Joe's dad, killed. So to see that kind of that would have been really interesting. And I cannot even believe, yeah, Jody and Donna. I would watch. I would watch. Jody and Donna just say, <laughs> just talk in their yeah. accents and drive around. I adore them. Um, and Meg, I gotta say Meg, because I am Meg. Yeah. And she was a great character. I think I really appreciated kind of what, I was sad to see her die. I understood because Meg, um, Meg, because Rachel Miner, her MS diagnosis made it so she couldn't really work as much anymore and and they decided to just kill her character so instead of having her go into another body which i thought was really sweet in a weird way yeah um but yeah so there's that is my apparently nine, nine. <laughs> my top nine 
I don't want to, I don't want to go crazy and make it 10. But here's the thing. Now, now I've got some random ones to throwing in there because I, because these are the people that I just. Oh, Kevin and Mama Tran. I literally was racking my brain of all the weird ones that I could think Mm -hmm. of. Uh, The most weird one that came to me was Garth because the sock puppet and everything like best scene ever for those early on episodes uh chuck completely his whole storyline has been has been a ride it's not like i don't like where it's gone it's not my favorite but to Mm -hmm. see how they weaved him in through all these years it's almost like a stephen moffat like level doctor who weave level you know what i'm trying to say yeah well what i think is so like cool about about the Chuck storyline is, and it feels like, and I could be completely wrong, but you know, season five, when we meet Chuck, pretty sure it's season five, maybe four, either way, when we meet Chuck, this is kind of early on in social media and the internet. There's not a lot of kind of online community talking about it. There's no Twitter as we know it now. There's not, there's still that really big wall between content creators and the audience. Yeah. And so I think he was fully meant to just have that little arc yeah. as a prophet. But I, I think that this was one of those instances where seeing so many fan theories and, and just kind of seeing where the fandom was percolating, I feel like that really influenced Rob and Benedict returning as Chuck because it worked so well because it, it worked within the storyline so well these headcanons that people had about chuck being god it i think it that's one of the few things that's one of the things that kind of influenced them to go that direction which i think is kind of cool and also kind of dangerous if yeah you get well, too that's, deep into it that's a whole nother like because i also we we could go on talking about how fan theory affects media and alone how this how this show and fandom alone is known for its crazy fans and conventions passionate (laughs) that's really the word what it comes down to is they're very passionate and at game of nerds there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom (laughs) but when you start hurting other people's feelings that's not okay um everyone is entitled to an opinion um and your opinion is not always the right opinion everybody's got their favorites everyone wants to kind of push their favorites another person a character that i absolutely feel they did not get their due like due respect abaddon as a villain i feel like she could have like reigned holy terror for seasons and could have came back and nailed them all again um she just was not used to her potential, but the storyline for that season was amazing. She died so fast. I would have thought she'd slept with Sam Winchester. Yeah. Right. Like, honestly. <laughs> and I, but I love the chemistry between her and oh. Dean, the, like everything about it. And then to see, like, you know, I'll read like an article about supernatural favorite characters and it's like, nobody even mentions her. And I'm like, but she was so pivotal. It's almost kind of like Lilith. Like that's another character that stands out to me. Like Mm -hmm. silly little tiny character, but that name and that character is what stands out for those episodes that I remember. Like Lilith as a little girl was, I think, scarier for me than when she was a full grown woman, because there is something about kids 
that is creepy like not not real kids but kids that are possessed no. by a demon well they or, did the costuming or, and everything like yeah. everything was spot on it was almost yeah. kind of like the shining like the twins at the end of the hall perfect like level of just put yeah. your hair on your arms up well and one of the things that was so frustrating about the abaddon storyline is because she was an amazing villain and we went from her to Amara and it's no offense to Emily Swallow. I think Emily Swallow did a really good job. I was really not a fan of the weird sexual romantic thing that they were trying to not even like have it be a relationship between, but the weird drawing between her and Dean, especially when like she's a little girl to start with. And then eventually she becomes a woman. And I really didn't like that because one of the things I thought was so cool about Abaddon was she was fierce and badass and scary. And she never sat around using her femininity as a weapon. You know, it was never about that. She didn't need Crowley. She didn't need anybody else. She was taking up. Forget it. I'll take him down yourself. I'm the queen of hell. Welcome. Oh, God. And when her hand like crawls up and digs the boat. Oh, it was a... She yeah. was fantastic. I met her at a convention and she, oh my gosh, it was absolutely, I was pregnant with Marvel and it, we had the best conversation because she could tell I was so exhausted, but I was so excited to meet her oh, and yeah. she was just the sweetest person ever. Oh my gosh. One of, one of the good days before children, good days before children. <laughs> easier days. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Much easier. I, just, I haven't just, got to experience conventions with Marvel yet because of COVID. So yeah. we haven't got there yet. Well, just take a second though and, and think back to the time where you would look at your husband and say, hey, let's go to a movie. And then you would just grab your purse and go. Yeah. And then that was it. Well, we were just talking about this. It's Andy's- been over a decade since I got to do that. <laughs> Andy was just talking about it. He goes, oh, we can get back to watching Supernatural, uh, you know, every night. And I go, honey, at that rate, I mean, we're going to be watching Supernatural for the next year and a half. I mean, like, I've got, I mean, I don't have a lot you of- get, gotta get cracking. But I, I mean, we only watch like an, you know, an hour. If, if we get to an hour, we're both asleep, you know, in bed. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be lucky if we get through these episodes, but I'm now I'm invested because the series is ending. Do you have favorite episodes that really stand out for you or like totally were like, oh, yep, I've connected with this episode? Um, yeah, I have some episodes that really kind of that I love. Baby, I thought um, in season 11 was just so interesting. Like the, the way they filmed it was so interesting and, and a really kind of cool way. And it was really funny in a lot of ways. Like the thing when he keeps trying to kill the wolf pyre yeah. <laughs> or the were pyre <laughs> um that was a really good one and i just like that um i think it's kind of an unpopular opinion i really really liked advanced thanatology which was in i think season 13 um and this was after after Cass was killed at the end of season 12 and to see and you obviously you haven't seen this yet um but if if you're a Dean girl, I think you would kind of appreciate the character. This is a good episode. See, I, I I'll 
I should stop you. I did watch Lebanon. That was like the only out okay. of like episode because I heard like, oh, this is the episode if you're a Supernatural fan. I was like, okay, yeah. I, you'll get me to watch one episode because Jeffrey Dean Morgan's back in. But yeah. yeah, that's the, I can't, I couldn't go back all, I couldn't invest all the way again. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. But well, because we talk a lot about how I'm really interested in characters and, and, and how that grows. But so to see Dean really and probably the deepest depression that I've ever like seen and he's and this and he has some ideation things and it's just it's it's interesting because we've seen him grieve and miss people before we've even seen after cast eyes before um kind of how he reacts but to have him to just kind of go through the first five episodes of season 13 where it it's just to it it's sad and heartbreaking and advanced anthology is kind of the culmination of all of that. And um, we get to see Billy who is, who was killed a long time ago, but she comes back as the new death. And to have, you know, Dean, Dean killing himself again, temporarily without talking to Sam, without coming up with a big plan or anything like that. And not being upset at the idea that he would stay dead. Like sitting there talking to like he he and 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 that kind of thing, just it was a really interesting character arc for Dean, just that little mini arc. And at the end, of course, Cass comes back. Yeah. And the next episode which is another episode that's a favorite of mine is Tombstone, and we get to see Happy Cowboy Dean, who still has some of his issues, but he got his big win. He got his best friend back. Um, and I really like that, and I think. Another favorite is the man who would be king way back in season six, way back when we learn about Cass betraying um, Sam and Dean and working with Crowley back when Crowley was someone that we didn't. I love Crowley. <laughs> he's, just, he's like, he has had a great character. Right? I mean, there are so many episodes I can name that he like just completely absolutely nailed for me one of the big episodes that stands out is uh pac-man fever i can't remember if this is uh, charlie's first episode i think it might be a Mm. second episode that she's in but the scene that kills me is the end where she's sitting reading the hobbit to her mom that will kill me every single time i did that with my grandfather up until he passed so that just uh, every time i watch that episode that just hits me hits me in my feels and um Mm -hmm. just kind of just reminds me of what to be grateful for and and it's it's also good that episode's a good message about letting go and and moving yeah. on and and those kind of things uh we talked about lebanon lebanon which is a great episode and culmination um it's is it bad to say that i kind of almost wanted lebanon to be the f- series finale you know what i'm trying to say like everybody yeah. you know what i'm trying to say like i, I, I almost want everybody to have what they want even though i know that's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah well i like i like lebanon but i don't know if i would like it as a season a series finale just because like i want to see sam continue to grow from that time when he had, had that conversation with his dad and he resolved some of those issues with his dad because i think since then he's really grown more as a character now that he doesn't have that baggage that he's holding on to and if we had that be the series finale and that was it i i would feel like i'm 
I ate half a meal. Some of my favorite episodes have to do with some of like the villains or the monsters that they were fighting in each mm-hmm. of the episodes. They have had some really, really weird monsters. Is there a monster off the top of your head where you're just like, where the hell did you, like, you must have researched far for that one. Um, I don't know about that so much. I, but I, I kind of miss, like, not necessarily the monster of the week thing, but I kind of liked the feel when we were talking about urban myths and stuff like that in the beginning of the series. And it didn't become such a Judeo-Christian thing. Storyline. As a huge storyline from that. Um, I really loved the trickster. Yeah. I still love Gabriel, but I really loved the idea of, of the trickster. And I was surprised he wasn't Loki, honestly. What, that was uh, Changing Channels is another episode with Gabriel yes. where I'm just like, that That was a perfect episode. And I think a good question for you as somebody who's watched this series a lot is, do you think at some point that they just have decided, oh, yeah, we're just going to, what the fans want, we're going to start making episodes like the Scooby-Doo. Who the hell would have thought, oh, yeah, let's throw Supernatural with Scooby-Doo. You know that had to be some, well, somebody on Tumblr or something like that. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, you know, so do you think a lot of these storylines, like somebody sitting on Tumblr or these, you know. Let me tell you, there is one storyline that I see a lot on Tumblr that I would be really super duper excited <laughs> if they decided to take that fan theory and that fan story. And I think you know what it is. No, I never really, I, I, I never really taught you don't. Okay. No, well, I, I never do. really. No, I do. I do. Yeah. It's just, there's so like, I talk about even the ships and all this other stuff, we should backtrack. So with the ships, I feel like that's just like one of those things where it could be too big of a risk to jump into that train that the network. But it's ending anyway. The net, well, for the last few years of why they haven't done it. Like it's, you know, it could be a network ending, you know, kind of exec decision, not, not a fan decision. But do you feel like some of these other episodes have like literally come out of like, oh yeah, this was a fan idea. Like, because I look at some of these episodes, I'm like, there's no way once again yeah. i guess it tracked backtracks to we were hunting urban lifts and monsters and now season 15 we're teleporting to alternate yeah, universes right? <laughs> well so i think some of that like we talked about chuck yeah and i think that was kind of the big i think that was a big one from what i've read and seen there are writers who kind of some writers go and they delve into the meta some writers now of the show actually were fans of the show before they and they started went working it, yeah. on it i also know that there are a lot of writers who really try and stay away because they don't want that influence yeah. um to unduly influence them in their writing and i completely understand that um buck lemming doesn't give a shit about what any fan wants they just yeah. do their weird like character regressive episodes and we all just kind of push through um yeah <laughs> but like Fan fiction, obviously, was one that I think they took a lot of, they, like, combed through and saw what was popular things on, on fandoms, I feel like, and they decided to write this little love letter to the fans. Um, I don't, I don't know how many were really influenced. I can't think of any specifically on top of the, on, off the top of my no, head, aside from I... Chuck and Becky Rosenberg. All of their super meta episodes, obviously, like, but I know Becky Rosen, not Rosenberg, Becky Rosen, um, watching her story arc was really interesting because she starts off as like this crazy obsessed convent, like convention, convention chick. Yeah. And when we see her last, 
she has gotten a really healthy kind of relationship within fandom and with within the supernatural series and stuff like that and she's married and has some kids and found a good balance and i really kind of i liked seeing that i like seeing her grow because she was a character that everyone kind of just hated yeah and and not wrongfully so i mean she practically i mean she tries to date rape sam yeah (laughs) but here can i flip this on this for the people who are who are mad i can almost guarantee you those ladies are the same people like becky that are at the convention you know what i'm trying to say like are are you mad at the character because you see yourself in the character you know it's you know uh well i mean there's there's lore within the fandom that 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 she is based on a per- on like a person that's or like a, an amalgamation of fangirls. That's what I was about to say. I was like, was Becky meta? Like, was she the, like before every, you know, because once again, supernatural is no, like supernatural actors don't go on the convention board. They aren't like regular people who go on to like wizard world or, you know, mm-hmm. any of the read pop NYCC. Yes. They show up to SDCC because it's a Warner brothers based, you know, contract that they have to be there to promote the show. Right. But they and they are, are exclusive to creation. Exactly. So creation is the one who runs them and these conventions, are not cheap and they're not you know they it <laughs> oh isn't, believe me i know <laughs> it's not it, and, it, and that's not to say anything because chem- conventions in general are not cheap if you go and you're, you're spending money on autographs you got and photo that ops you got that con like that. math yeah you, you got to do the math. con math here but uh when you go to a creation you're only going for supernatural there is no mm-hmm. other stars it, it is a weekend of supernatural you are either going 100 percent in or don't bother going because and i've the been to 10 i've been to 10 but that's why i love <laughs> you we talk about this all the time because i think I, the one time i was gonna go i was something was going on. I think we had another convention going on where I had to be scheduled two places at once and I couldn't You were going to go, you had to cancel and you were pretty upset about it. Yeah, I I was pretty upset about it. And I want to go because I, like, I hear, it's almost like legendary on Tumblr what these, what these conventions are like and what, you know, not just drama and just like what happens and what the art, you know, what the actors do and the good things and the photo ops that come out of them and everything like that um (laughs) yeah i yeah so well i started going to conventions i remember i was just gonna go to one i remember i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna drive to minneapolis which is about a four-hour drive and my best friend carla was gonna meet me there Mm -hmm. and she was flying in from miami and we were gonna go and we were gonna listen to misha Misha's panel and Tom O'Pinnicat, who I adore. Carla is married to, basically. <laughs> she loves him and who can blame her? Uh, but we are going to listen to the Saturday panel and then listen to Misha and get our picture, like get a picture. We, are, we split an op. That was all we're going to do, split an op and get an autograph. And then that was all I was going to do. Yeah. So did that. That was the convention that Misha ended up getting mugged um the night before so so all of it got canceled and i was sad and i was like okay well a few months later i was like well chicago is having a convention they're only two hours away and i can go and i can get 
what I wanted to get because the Misha app I got was like sad because he was all on painkillers yeah. and he was beaten up. He had stitches and, and I couldn't believe he was even there, honestly. Yeah. Um, so that turned into 10 conventions. <laughs> so I would go and, and I go and I, and I would, I made friends online at that point who were part of the fandom and we would all kind of meet up. We went to Las Vegas in 2015. We were the last, like we had 48 ops between us oh. with Misha between us. Like there was, I had lots of it. Yeah, no. There were like eight of us. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of ops and they like, we ended up having basically our own little photo shoot at the very end because it was just, there was just too much. Too many. Um, around, yeah. It still only took about four and a half minutes, but it was a yeah. lot of fun, but these are expensive. It's not cheap to go to these things. It's not cheap to stay in the hotel, to fly out. Once you're there too, it's like, oh, what's another $100 for another op? Like con yeah. math is real. So what I ended up doing, I was like, I can't afford to attend these anymore. So I started working at them. Yeah. So I still, and I, and I usually would work within the auditorium. So I was like, I still get to hear the panels. Yep. I have more, I actually had more fun working there than I did attending because when you attend there's a lot of like waiting between panels and there's a lot of kind of filler things like auctions and ways to spend more money yeah booths <laughs> the the tables to buy stuff merchandise yeah. all that kind of stuff and and volunteering like you're you're going and going and going and you know we and i would have to run i would run errands for the green room I would help set up photo, like the photo op stuff. And I would help with autographs. I got to sit next to Brianna Buckmaster for like uh, two hours or so. And she was amazing. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. I have not been to one, I think since 2018, I went to Nashville and I was like, this has got to be the last one. Like I got to stop. There's only like, I have a binder it's full of thousands of dollars worth of photo ops and autographs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I would not trade the memories. I have like, you can't see it, but I have like a bunch of ops Walls, framed yeah. on my wall and things like that. And it was wonderful. And I would go on and I mostly was like, I'm mostly doing these because I want to hang out with my friends and exactly. these hot dudes are kind of there too. There. Yeah. But, but you made COVID. friends within the you made friends within the fandom, which is kind of like the yeah. whole point is of going to these. Uh, but do you? Here's my question: Do you feel because okay. now you've been on both sides? You volunteered because you know mm -hmm. you you can't spend all this money. Do you feel like the conventions that that Supernatural does with creation? they're at a disadvantage for those fans who can't afford them or is something like volunteering super, super easy for somebody to do for these kind of conventions? Okay. So I will say attending as a fan is really, really difficult to do. I think, I mean, you can get kind of the, the really cheap, cheap tickets of general seating for the weekend for like 250 bucks for the weekend. Yeah. Um, and I, and I've done that if you really are looking, so like, this is like my advice. If you're going to go to a supernatural convention, join the convention groups because there are people and be, but be careful doing that. But there are people there who are going to sell 
better seats for less money than you would have to be paying with creation. And even that you're not paying $7 shipping and handling for a digital ticket for each, for each thing you buy from them, it's a separate $7, which drives me nuts. Um, As far as working the conventions, you don't start out working within the auditorium. You don't start out sitting at auto tables. Um, You definitely don't just like, I think there's a misconception that like the volunteers or the workers there are like hanging out with the talent. That does not happen. No, we, we, me and Andy were just talking about this because we have so many con friends and we love and respect them so much because Mm -hmm. we, first off, if you don't know, my husband walks around in this giant Funko box and is a giant pain in the ass everywhere we go with it. Like nobody wants him in line, nobody, nothing. So our, we've learned that the nicer you are to these people, they Mm -hmm. usually, they, they will help you and you know, no way. Being well, nice means people, right? Like, well, most of these help? people are get are in tears because they're getting yelled at for things they can't control or they have yeah. no idea how to fix because they literally just got orientation 24 hours ago and they're just here for their free photo op. Okay. Right. Let's, yeah. let's be real. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, yeah, we love our con friends and we respect them because we know they work their butts off. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. Like if you are like trying to volunteer or you don't, they you're don't working. have volunteers anymore. You're, you're an employee. They have you yeah. working. Um, be prepared for 10, 12 hour days on your feet yep. the whole time. Like when I taught, I, like, I, yeah, I sat next to Richard Spade Jr. I was his feeder for Richard Spade Jr.'s for his autos. And I was a feeder for Brianna Buckmaster. And they're like, and, and this wasn't the talent, this wasn't the actors or anything, but the people are like, like y- you are not here to hang out at a convention. Yep. You are working. Work. You yeah. are working. You are not here to like fangirl all over the talent. Um, yeah. But you know, you work hard, have a lot of fun. Like if you work really hard, you can move up and you like, you work really hard. My first job I was doing was I was working at the vendor's table. So I never yeah. got into the, I never went to the auditorium except for once I went into the auditorium for Mark Shepard's panel and we, me and my friend that I was working with, we just sat way in the back where there were no seats and everything like that. We had been standing for probably nine hours at this point. And Mark Shepard, if you don't know that, he likes to walk around. Yeah, well, he, he does was. not, he's not a fan of staying on the stage during the, he likes to walk around. So he walked back and he called, he like teased us for sitting. He's like, oh yeah, you guys look like you're working real hard. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> Thanks. You're so sweet. So as you were telling (laughs) this story, the only thing that could come to my mind is me and you used to, we've talked about Tiger King. Um, Oh God. And (laughs) all I could think of is so, so creation's running a Carol Baskin level enterprise of volunteers to meet. Oh man. No, that's not what I'm saying, but that that's literally what I could, that's what I thought my brain went to, of course. Well, and it used to be, so you'd volunteer and then you would get, you could pick, um, photo ops with, with some of the actors and and volunteers, um, you could get half off some photo ops, like half off photo ops with Jared and Jensen. And those are expensive. Like that's worth it. That was worth it for me. Even like, I can't pay $400 for a picture, but I could maybe split a $200 op with a friend and, and do it that way. 
Um, but was now they pay. Was it four hundred for both of them or for just one of them? I think then it yeah. was. I think four hundred for the two of them. For the two of them, okay. Now I'm pretty sure it's four hundred dollars for each of them, man. Or three or four. I I don't remember. I haven't looked yeah, for. Yeah, they they kept raising their prices, and it was very disheartening to me in a way because at some point it kind of feels exploitative of your fans like you know people are going to pay it and still and when they i don't mean to like keep running on they so with the covid they cancel so many of their conventions obviously you can't like con crud in the best of times sucks yeah a pandemic is not the time to cram a bunch of heavily heavily breathing (laughs) humans in a room um, humans in a, in a room together and then just have them file across yeah. uh, the same actor over and over again, hugging and having all this close contact. But so they did a virtual thing. And one of the things that you could like auction was spending like, oh my God, I think it was like $3,000 for a three minute video with one of them. And I'm like, or even 300, I can't remember. It was a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't anything. It was like, okay, three minutes on a Skype call. We spend three minutes being like, hey, can you hear me? Oh, can you hear me? Your mate, yeah. Oh, no, you're frozen. <laughs> Let me switch Wi-Fi. Let's retry the call. <laughs> like, that sounds so fun. That, and that's, <laughs> I think that's why I was asking you in the beginning of this con- con- convention discussion. This long-ass thing, yeah. <laughs> what, what was, is like, at what point are our normal fans not able to do this? Because I know regular conventions, I mean, we... The kids I nanny, they used to save their money to go get a hundred dollar photo ops with like mm-hmm. Marvel people and stuff like that. Because that like a hundred dollars was like the top budget of what the convention I, was for top people. So to spend four hundred dollars, I mean I think most people can't afford two fifty for the weekend. You know, like even that yeah. even that's kinda high. Yeah. Well that's kind of what I'm saying. I think it's it's fairly prohibitively expensive. Not just because even the like if you just want to go for a day and it's in your town or whatever like that and i i could see that but i know people who'd spend five thousand plus dollars per convention yeah and it wasn't even like it wasn't even doing a bunch of crazy stuff yeah so it and we should say this, it doesn't matter what you do with your money. We don't care what you no, do no, with your you, money. You want to spend it on that? That's fine. The point is, is that the thing there that are sucks. people who want to do that, yeah. who cannot do that at all. And it's making it so that they can't do it and they don't have the opportunity. And that's what's sad. That's what sucks. And what sucks, though, is when you look at other conventions that Creation does, the prices are much lower. Yeah. It's, but, and it's one of those things where, it, and you know what? They're a business. They're a for-profit business. If that's, they're there to make money. And if they have people who are willing to pay it, then you can't really blame them for doing it. It sucks. It sucks as a fan, but you don't, uh, going to a convention is a luxury. It's a a quote unquote luxury. It's It's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's not an, an, a necessity. And And like I said, it got too expensive for me. So I was like, well, F it, I'll work. Yeah. (laughs) I'll work. I'll share a hotel room with some of the friends I made while I was doing the convention, well, I was going to conventions and now we're both working at the conventions and that still was, still was expensive yeah. and you're paying with your time for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I know, I know people on Twitter, I hear them. They're like, they save up for years 
yeah. to be able to go or they run themselves into credit card debt. Yeah. Well, and like I, I said, but that's your choice. Like, and, and I have a hard time being like, oh, well, it's like, you, this is you, your that choice. That was your choice. Well, it's kind of like we're moms. It's like, okay, well, you're going to get your nails done or you're going to put clothes on your kid. That's what, right. you, you know, like we're, we're both moms. We, we understand. Are you going to run yourself into credit card debt or are you going to go me, Jensen and Jared? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's your life choice you have to deal with. Um, but it, it's just sad because especially with it's- it ending this year, you know that there's a lot more of people who would want to get that last chance opportunity to see them yeah. or meet them or, you know, we don't know if, but well, here's the I, other thing. They could do a Mark Shepard and start doing those other conventions like Mark Shepard, Shepard does once all of mm-hmm. this is done, which would be really or great. Honestly, honestly, they could just continue doing the creation conventions and like, and creation's really expensive. It's a very well-organized machine. Oh yeah. It like, I, and I, I haven't had a chance to go to too many conventions lately, but the difference, the differences in the organization, and obviously because there's one show, there's one stage that people are talking yeah. on. It's a lot easier to be like, well, here's our schedule. And they don't have people one running theme, all over one show. It's one liner. There is no yeah. deviation. You're not trying to do Marvel and anime two exactly. completely different things. I, they're, they are a well-oiled machine. It, they, they're doing the right thing. I mean, they're surviving just like how Wizard World and every, all these other uh, conventions are all pivoting to virtual, uh, you know, panels because yeah. what else are you going to well, do? And that's one of the things, too, that's kind of made it more, and that's like in a way that they have made it much more accessible to fans. It's not the same as going and sitting in the in room panel, and seeing yeah. them on stage and watching the panel, but it, like to have these stages where it's pay what you can, if you can, or someone else will pay to have you come in and you still get to have that. You still have the chance of possibly asking a question. And I'm going to just tell you guys when it comes to Jensen, Jared, and I believe Misha at the conventions, you write your name on a piece of paper and put it in a bowl and they draw people's names to even have a chance to ask the question. So it's not, your odds are the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly. You could show um, up there and sleep all night. They may never still answer your question. You just, well, and that's what, what it, it used to be. It used to be people on, on Sunday, would, they would just sit there and they would just stand in line the whole, the whole Waiting, time. Yeah. They wouldn't go do anything else. They were blocking fire exits. So the people were like, no, we're just doing a lottery. We, we are those people, Meg. We do that for Funko. Shh. Come what on. What are you talking about? Like, no. We, <laughs> We did. I am a pro line waiter at this point. Well, all right. We deviated quite a we bit. We totally deviated, but that's okay because we talked about Supernatural. That's all that matters. And here <laughs> with... So, obviously, we are recording this podcast episode early before these final episodes of Supernatural are really released. And the podcast episode will actually release, I think, when the final last two episodes are being released. Uh, we all know that it is as much as we want a nice cheery ending and the Winchesters <laughs> riding off and baby into the sunset, you know, Sam Dean's getting the gonna, family, Dean getting a family, everybody Dean's going to own it in in Vermont. Yeah. Breakfast in Vermont. Uh, we all I mean- know it's going to be blood, <laughs> terror and tears. Um, predictions on the series finale of Supernatural, Meg. No, I, you know, I always thought it was going to be like going out in a blaze of glory. I always thought there's no way they can end the show without them dying. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm weirdly optimistic that they're going to live 
at the end of it. I mean, I feel like I'm the only person in the world who has that thought. Do you think Cass is too, or are they going to sacrifice him so that the boys can be happy? And now, and I say this because I know you love Cass, but we all know that not everyone's going to survive this episode because it's just not going to happen. Well, it's, it's been really interesting kind of to see like Andrew Dabb, the showrunner talking about it. So what he is kind of saying is like season 19 or episode 19 is the season finale so that kind of wraps up the season 15 storyline and then episode 20 is kind of wrapping up the characters and and the family and stuff like that which makes me question i don't know what's going to happen with Cass. i think i would have been better at predicting before covid because misha has obviously been very kind of we all we all know that Jared and Jensen were up in Vancouver, but Misha's been really like he's been sharing pictures that were taken like weeks before. Like, so we don't know if he was in Vancouver yeah. for the finale or not. I think I I don't know. I'm really torn because part of me is like, well, yeah, they're gonna kill him, and there has to be something that hurts. Something has to hurt. But then no one ever stays dead in Supernatural, really. So I don't. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to think about Cass dying. Like I said, him and Dean are gonna own a bed and breakfast in Vermont together. He's gonna become human. Okay, here's my real trivial question for you: In the age of reboots, TV shows getting movies, will there be a Supernatural movie in the future? Or do you think, okay, we're done. We're nailing the coffin. We're not bringing this up like friends. It can't I, be X-Files. Because when I first saw this series, it gave me the X-File vibes. You know what I'm trying to say? Like I, that feeling. Well, that was probably Kim Manners. There, like a lot of people from the X-Files had moved, on, had moved to Supernatural. So that was probably, I mean, that's a legit feeling. It did feel a lot like X-Files. I know that Jared and Jensen have both said that they would be interested in doing a movie. Which is what they want which to say is like, That's all they which, want to say. Yeah, right, exactly. Jensen's going to the boys just so he can swear. Yeah. <laughs> which I was so, like, uh, seeing them in these new roles and what they're going on to, like, I'm so happy for them. I, I just, like I say, with all these long-running series in five, ten years, we've seen them come back in either a full-on reboot mm-hmm. like Will and Grace or do a small-run series like Friends. Um I would be down. Walking for... Dead's got a movie. It's got movies yeah. coming out about Rick Grimes. I mean, anything is possible, folks. Yeah, I I would be really down for it, and I and I love the fact that when at least when Jensen was talking about, it, and obviously he doesn't have a lot of control over this kind of stuff, but he was like, yeah, it'd be great to go on Netflix or something. And I'm like, yeah, you just want to swear. You just like you just want <laughs> say something more than son of a bitch. Well, and can um, you could you imagine? But here's the reality. If they move to somewhere like HBO or Netflix or Hulu. Then Destia would be real. (laughs) Well, not only that, could you imagine the freaking episodes we would get, you know, like, Mm -hmm. especially those first few seasons of Dean and his, you know, being sleeping with everyone. Like, we would have, like, the show probably would have, like, peaked with women because we've been like yes sign me up now yeah that's what's so funny is because they when they started doing this they were really like and you look at the convention episodes or whatever they really are like this is going to be a dude show this is a show for guys we got cars we got classic rock we got ghosts this is gonna and it's like their number one demographic is women (laughs) yeah well and it's funny because actually like general audience it's kind of 50 50 split yeah for between men and women 
and between Democrat and Republican, it's it's a it's like it's a weird show that kind of goes through everybody that like everybody can relate to and, and yeah. see something in themselves. But when it comes to like an active fandom, it's women. It is I go like going to a convention. It is like ninety seven percent women, and most of the men who are there are there with their girlfriends or now daughters. Yeah. <laughs> or wives their wives like, have dragged them oh there God. like please the, hold my stuff while i yes. can girl the bored dads that i have seen standing like when i was working convention they do a concert on saturday night yeah and if you're not like a ticket holder like you can you don't go in there but the number of dads that i just see like i would see just sitting outside waiting for their daughters to be done with this concert it it cracked me up and it made me as a as a parent too and now my my daughter who is 11 um she wants to start watching supernatural together and i'm like oh, let me just let me let take me a deep breath here let and let you yeah but it's so interesting to kind of see how supernatural is arcing with with is now into like second third generations of people who are watching it because it's been on for so long and because it is such a timeless kind of story yeah well and everyone's got time on their hands so when you hit most popular right. on netflix i mean it's one of the top series that comes up behind cheers and all the rest i mean it's in the office yeah in the <laughs> office and all the rest of them um it, it it's one that keeps on going and i think mm -hmm. for for supernatural like it's big theme has always been keep on always keep fighting you know and you just keep on going and i think uh supernatural has done done its duty for 15 years and uh unfortunately yeah. like you say i don't want to run it into the ground and it'd be crap because i really don't want also tumblr theories to become episodes because <laughs> Hey, just the one, just the hey, one. Hey, if we go five more series, you're going to start telling me like aliens and Godzilla are going to start coming in Supernatural. I can't there was, like. There was like a big monster thing. Like the a big, big oh, a, it was in, it was in, it was in the bad world. It was in an alternate universe and they kind of made the alternate universe work. Like yeah. they make it work. It could have been a super duper jump the shark. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but they, they make it work and i'm really i've really been enjoying season 15 surprisingly um but yeah i don't want to watch it run to the ground but one of the other things that it's the hard thing about it is the other big theme of supernatural is family don't end with blood oh yeah or family don't end with blood and family doesn't start there either no oh no and i love that quote because we you know i'm in our family we have a lot of people who aren't blood related to us that we can depend on better than the people who are blood related to us um, and building your family and your tribe as a mom i know you can understand this just building yeah. the people who you want around you and taking out the negative bs and and yeah. being happy with who you are well, and it really kind of, and, and that kind of family don't end with blood kind of goes along with the, like, outside of supernatural thing where friends are the family, or friends are the family you pick. Mm -hmm. Friends are the family that you create for yourself. <laughs> but that's something that has really kind of resonated with me. And I've met some of the best people I know through supernatural and yeah. through this fandom. You know, I've made such good friends. Um, I met you. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. Like, Which is we funny, met through this. I didn't start writing for Supernatural when I first started writing for 
Tegan. And I started with Outlander. I, yes, I and remember. Then I, and then I was like, hey, do you got anyone writing Supernatural? I, so Supernatural, I was doing at the time when I started to Supernatural, or when I started TGON and you came on board, I was, I think at that point doing like five shows and we were starting to, to really pick up and they need, I needed to be more on the back end. So I needed to unload a show and it was a show that I was very attached to. Um, it's kind of like walk, how I was with Walking Dead. It was like, this was one of the shows that made a TGON mm-hmm. um, what it is. So like, don't mess it up because the fans are really attached to it. Um, I didn't feel any pressure at all. No, no. <laughs> um, but you were the first person. We had a conversation. We were just chatting about Supernatural. And I was like, oh, no, this chick gets it. She's good. Like, let's go. Like, and we'll roll. Like, you understood. And I love having conversations with people who understand the fandom and can see different ways. Yeah. Because, as you know, in some of in, in this fandom, you can see people who are like, nope, this is the way. And you there is no bending left or right. Yeah. Um, I, I, you would bring up a point and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't think of it this way. It's been you, almost five years since, since we met. I know. I know. And I nobody has old. covered, uh, nobody has covers T or, uh, Supernatural since you left because one, everyone is afraid <laughs> to touch it because that is the rabid fandom that brings, that brings yeah, you lovely did get, people to the yard. You did, you did get some some angry emails about me i i yeah we, no it wasn't angry emails it was just more of just it once again it's the people who's wrong it's no. a, yeah it's people who aren't swaying left or right i'm i'm all for argument and opinions but if you're not gonna at least take the other person's point into view yeah. I, we can't have a conversation and I'm a firm believer that I don't have time for trolls and I don't want them in my yard. So don't yeah. let the door hit you on the way out. Well, and my, and like, yeah, and that's kind of my philosophy when it comes to fandom. My kind of philosophy just in general, especially with everything that's going on with COVID is just like, just let people enjoy things. Like if yeah. this is how, if this is how you want to enjoy this content, awesome. Yeah. More power to you, but don't come to me and like tell me and shit all over what I love exactly (laughs) just because it's not the exact same thing and like I said like as a as a Dean Cash shipper believe me I I have interacted with plenty of people you shouldn't be crapped on for your opinion at all because at the end of the day everyone has a right to an opinion everybody takes in content differently that's the same thing can go for DC and Marvel maybe people who look at DC movies think they're the greatest thing and they don't like Marvel. I don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> like you're entitled to your wrong opinion. You're well, it's so funny because I actually, one of the reasons I started watching Supernatural is because I would see all this Dean Cast content on Tumblr and I'd be like, there's no way. Yeah. So I like, I, I was like, I'm going to start watching. I was like, this all seems really far-fetched and really like, no way. So I started watching it to, with purposely trying to not see any of the kind of the contact uh, the the romantic the romantic tropes yeah um and stuff that are there and when and then when you learn when anna was supposed to be the character that Cass ended up taking over but the chemistry between gentian and misa was was so much better yeah and like and there are like oh my gosh if you wanted to go on tumblr and look at some meta theories holy crap (laughs) like there are some that i'm just like my brain is broken. Um, but no, so I went on there, exclu- I went and started watching it kind of exclusively to 
not disprove it, but to see what the reality is and not kind of just see it through these fan edits. Yeah. And then I climbed in the dumpster and set it on fire. But I tried really hard when I was writing reviews. I was like, I don't want to, I'm not going to put that stuff in my reviews. You were the person who introduced me to ships. I didn't know there was a term until I met you. And you're like, no, I failed so hard. Ships. This is what it's called. You need to get with it. So you were the one who introduced me to this concept and I'm thankful because I didn't know what I was supposed to call it other than I'm rapidly obsessed and want to marry this person. Um, or mm-hmm. I think these people belong together for life. Um, right. Or the no TPs where you're like, these people should definitely not be anywhere yeah. near each other. It's gross. I mean, literally, <laughs> once again, add this to our list of podcast episodes that we need to do. Just one on ships alone. Um, oh, and- I will sit there. I will sit there and I will talk about ships. I wrote articles, I think, I think at least two listicles for you about like the yeah. five ships I'll go down with this, a few yes. times. See, and these are my favorites. Uh, big, what are you working on? What do you want to talk about? Like, this is your shining moment to talk about what's going on with you and where people can find you. And I know you're very, uh, prominent in social media, so don't forget to drop your handles because I I even enjoy chatting with you on social media about all this Even, even you. (laughs) Even me. And Um, I don't, you know, I don't get on social media much because- once again, I'm a mom and I run yeah. a lot of, I do a lot of stuff, but when I do, I, I thoroughly always enjoy your tweets because yours are usually, uh, the- yeah, I can't, I can't wait to get some more like actual live content to start tweeting about more. And so I can kind of get more escapism from what's been going on. Um, but if you want to find my personal Twitter, it's Wisconsin which is W I S C O N S E N N A C H. And you can blame my best friend, Carla, for that because she gave me the nickname. Um, And speaking of my best friend, Carla, that's something that we're doing. We're actually, speaking of Carla and ships and characters, she's amazing. She always edited all of my articles. Uh, So half half the funny things I wrote, she helped. (laughs) She's amazing. I love Carla. I've been following her on Twitter for a while. She probably doesn't know that she has a secret admirer in me, but... I love you, girl. You amazing. She is so funny. I I met her through Twitter. I like attacked her um, <laughs> six years ago. Like I saw her tweeting about the Mindy project and I like DM'd her. I was like, hey, what's your phone number? I'm gonna bug you. And then that was it. She's never been able to get rid of me. <laughs> but and now can, you're doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast together called Bed Wed Behead. And it's basically we're taking three characters from a TV show, a movie, or a book, or basically anything, and we are playing bed, wed, behead. <laughs> because Carla doesn't swear. <laughs> and because you can't put the F word, I guess, just in your title of stuff. No, you can't. There's a lot of things you can't do when it There's... comes to titles, apparently. Apparently. Um, so, yeah, the, the basic gist is, in one of our first episodes, we do The Office. Um we pick without telling each other we pick uh who we're gonna bed wed and behead then we guess who the other one is gonna bed wed and behead and we kind of have some arguments or conversations about that we only do characters we don't do actual people because yikes (laughs) that can get weird really really fast yeah and actually for the last episodes of supernatural we're doing seven i think it is seven episodes of bed wed and behead of supernatural we're starting with team free will and we're we're going down and 
it'll be it'll be interesting. And when's this launching? Um, fingers crossed, October first. You can find us on Twitter at bedwedbeheadpod, awesome. um, as well as email at bedwedbeheadpod at gmail.com. If anyone who's listening has any ideas for three P three characters from a show they want us to play bedwed behead with, it's that, but it's a really quick one. It's fun. Send in your requests. I know I'm about to send her a huge list, which she can talk with me and be like, here's a giant list of here's ones a list that you should do. And here are the episodes I want to be on with you. Thanks. <laughs> Love Shannon. <laughs> talk to you later. <laughs> thank you again Meg, for being my guest today on this episode you can find all of our supernatural coverage as well as all the latest nerd news reviews and recommendations from video games books movies television cosplay and more at thegameofnerds.com we can also be found on all major social media like facebook instagram twitter tumblr and youtube as the game of nerds so make sure you are following us and subscribe so you don't miss out on anything as always we thank you for listening and supporting fellow nerds remember when you play for the game of nerds you either level up or respawn later idgits <laughs>